The University of Miami Law School Entertainment Arts and Sports Law Program presents the Leadership Game Plan. I'm Executive Producer and Program Director Greg Levy, and now over to our host, longtime NFL coordinator, head coach, three-time Grey Cup champion, NCAA champion with the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Law graduate, and now adjunct faculty member, coach Mark Tressman. I believe that everyone can lead no matter who you are or what you do. I believe just like quarterbacks, leaders are not born, they are developed. With so many platforms to speak our minds, there are countless ways to lead and impact the lives of others. So how we lead in this accelerating and interconnected world will determine our present and our future. That's why leadership today matters more than ever. Welcome to the Leadership Game Plan, where we go beyond the X's and O's through the unique lens of our accomplished guests. I'm your host, Mark Tressman, and let's get started. And so honestly, I don't even know if I can I don't know how you do that. I don't, I don't even. I don't even know if I can give you an advice yeah. on what I believe you could have done or what you can do to be an ultimate leader. Because the, to me, you did it, and it's really about. Because like when you come in as a coach, like it's important for any leader to like for people to embrace change and to rally. Many know Brandon Marshall as a former NFL wide receiver drafted in the fourth round the 119th pick by the Denver Broncos in the 2006 NFL Draft. During Brandon's 13 NFL seasons, he made six Pro Bowl appearances, amassed over 12,000 career receiving yards, 80-plus touchdowns, and holding the NFL record for the most receptions in a game. I had the pleasure of coaching Brandon in Chicago, where he excelled on the field But as I got to know him, I could tell there was so much more to this man. I found Brandon to be uniquely intelligent. I've watched him grow into a loving husband and father, a mental fitness advocate, and now CEO of a very successful fitness company, the House of Athlete in South Florida. Brandon's life journey from football player to business leader, national broadcast figure, and a leading content creator of his I Am Athlete podcast and YouTube channel that now reaches nearly 1 million in subscribers. In a very short time after his retirement, Brandon has demonstrated an incredible ability to learn and to grow into being a successful mentor, a leader, and an advocate in our community. Early in Brandon's career, he was given the nickname, The Beast. Nothing gives me more pride than to see the beast on the field transition to the beast in the boardroom. On part two, Mark and Brandon talk football, the leadership of quarterbacks Brandon has played with, and their time with the Chicago Bears. We're football junkies, so I just want to talk about two guys that you played with, because I think they were both great leaders, but you would know them intimately. I know one of them well. I don't know one of them. I can guess. Um, so I, I wanted you to just talk about the, the leadership of Russell mm. Wilson right. and, and the leadership of Eli Manning, both Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, our good Hall of Famers. Right. And, you know, quite frankly, without patronizing, I mean, 
you have, I mean, I'm talking to a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, oh, wow. you know, and I know you're, you were fourth down away from playing in a playoff game and she never got to play. Right. And uh, we didn't get that done, but I, but, uh, I think you've done a lot more with your platform regardless right. of that. that. A lot. But, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, great leader. Yes. Super Bowl champion. Eli Manning, two-time. I think both really deserving of being, and I think just, you know them intimately, and I think just sharing some of their leadership style and things you might have learned from them. Right. Oh, man. So one word that highlights both of them, consistency in their style. Consistent. I mean, you can lose so much credit, uh, so much uh, credibility if you're like this. You know, I was a lot like that as a player. You know, that's why I never got that C on my chest. I didn't understand that until Chicago. Like, consistency is key. Even when you're having bad days, it's okay to come and say, guys, this is where I'm at right now. So they give you the grace and they understand that you got to be able to communicate that. Russell Wilson, self-talk. That's the first thing that jumps out to me. Positive. Mm-hmm. We're down 30. We're still there. We're going to find a way. Come out to practice. Let's find a way to get better. We're going to be better today. Never forget flying in from a game. I think it was the uh, playing against the Arizona Cardinals. In Phoenix, midnight, we land. Let's get a head start on next week. Let's go hit the hot tubs, cold tubs, hit the recovers, watch a little film, and everybody's going home. And it's just Russell and I in there. And I'm like, finally, it's at the end of my career. And my body hurt, man, this ain't gold. You know, man, I, it just doesn't, I just can't. Yes, it's, it's stop. Your self-talk is terrible. Like this dude, when you talk about being positive, you talk about just sports psychology. Oh man, he is one of the best in the world at it. He like what you see on television. That's truly who he is mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Not only in sports, as how he is in business, right? Because Russ is very savvy, savvy businessman. You see him that like that with his kids, his wife. Positive, 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 positive. You know, negative and that type of culture just deteriorates everything you're doing. Sure. So, like for Russell Wilson, that's what jumps out to me is his energy that he brings every day and how positive he is and how it trickle downs to everybody that he touches. Yeah, when I recruited him at, at NC State, I gave him a third route grade as a passer. And, and only because he was 5'10". Right, Because right. nobody was playing other than Frank. I mean, I thought he would be the reincarnation of Frank Tarkin, which nobody really? in the podcast, <laughs> podcast would remember. But I gave him a first-round elite grade in charisma, mm. you know, because i have never been around anybody quite like him. Right. You know, so so let's go to Eli. Eli. Yeah. Consistency. Because he's kind of a, a – he's been stealth kind of his whole career. You don't really know much about him in New York, but – Right. Won a lot of games and won two Super Bowls. Right. right. So, I would say Eli may be a lot like you in the culture that you implemented in uh, in Chicago. And I wouldn't even say the culture is more so like your approach, your philosophy. It's you know I'm sitting down and eat having breakfast, and Coach Tressman comes right next to me, right. Hey, how you doing? I was Michi. I was a kid. Well, hey, coach. That's counterculture, right? Eli Manning, quarterback, set apart. 
Where's Peyton? I'll be mean, I'll, I'll talk Peyton, where's Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning's in there watching the film break it down. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, where are these guys at? Did you see them today? Oh, here you go. Come out the practice field. I'm just saying that I'm not putting those guys in the box like mm-hmm. that, right? But that's how we see them as athletes. Yes. Like that's the quarterback. Sure. Eli Manning coming there in the cafeteria, sitting in the same spot every day. You can see a, a running back next to him. He was a lineman, coach, janitor. It's like just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Like Eli Manning was one of the guys, mm-hmm. but super consistent, professional, took mm-hmm. care of business. But the thing that jumps out to me outside of that was like the relatability part. I connected with everyone. He knew everybody's name, right? Just the ultimate pro. But the consistency is the thing with him. He says a routine. He won't break routine. You put a routine in place. This is what I need to do to be able to be the best quarterback, mm-hmm. to be the best friend, to be the best teammate, right? And he did those things. Mm-hmm. Go on the road with Eli. Hey, Eli, we're going to go to dinner. I got my massage. Can't break routine, right? After this, you have to, after we can do this or before, maybe next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he had a routine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that stood out the most. Um, when I played with Eli, outside of him just being a great guy, yeah. you know, he really was a great guy. He is a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's jump back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you kind of hit on some things. I don't. I didn't want to make Chicago the focal point, but I did have a couple of things to ask him. And you, and you talked about maybe being ahead culturally, you know, at that time. But I still want to grow and get better as a leader. So I'm, I'm coming to you and saying, you know, you had an experience. Couple, we spent two years together. Yeah. How can I be a better leader? Share with share that with me from your perspective. Yeah, I would go back to probably you know the conversation we had earlier. I mean, I think that you know in sports and especially in football, you're taking the best of the best from around the country and you're putting them into one locker room in one little building. As players as coaches. You know, and everybody had they, like, they have their own way. This is how we do it. This is my philosophy. This is my approach. So really, I just think that your approach, your philosophy, dead on. It's perfect. It's what we all need. But coming in and infusing that, right, it's really meeting guys where they're at, right? Like where we have some guys in the locker room at, and I and I, and I played a part in this. There was a couple of moments that we could probably talk about where I was like, now looking back, I'm like, dang, I did co- coach a tough time. But it... Well, was, we're going to talk about that, too. Oh, you want to do that? Okay, <laughs> okay, we can do that. It, it just really is that. It's like... Yeah. Man, I... I don't know if we would put this in there, but I remember seeing a guy in the middle... I've never seen this before. In the middle of a play. We're out there about to run a play. And just start screaming loud and laying on the ground, not at their position. I've never seen anything like it. Just, just going out their way to just be disruptive because they didn't understand, you know, that there was a, another way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, I don't even know if I can. Like, I don't know how you do that. I, I, I don't even. I don't even know if I can give you an advice yeah. on what I believe you could have done or what you can do to be an ultimate leader because, the, to me, you did it. And it's really about, because like when you come in as a coach, like it's important for any leader 
to like for people to embrace yeah. change yeah. and to rally. Yeah. And, and and so the tough part is in sports is sometimes these athletes make more than the coach, right? And sometimes these athletes, it's just a different business. You've got these alphas, you know, that like, and I'm gonna do it my way, yeah, no matter. And so it's it can be really hard on you know general managers. It can be really hard on. Uh, head coaches, defensive coordinators, coordinators, new positions. You know, I was a guy that was used to it because I played for Coach Shanahan. Then Coach McDaniels came in. Then I went, had Tony Sperano. He had got fired. Then I had Todd Bowles. Uh, then from there, I went to Chicago, had Lo- Lovey Smith. Lovey got fired. Then I had Coach Tressman, right? So, like, I was used to that. That environment, just my time being around you in Chicago as a leader, they only knew one way. Coach Smith was there, what, nine yeah, years? That, Brandon, I think that's, that right. is something to share with our audience right. is that what I learned is that I took over for a very successful head coach who, in my opinion, should have been fired anyways, right? right? And the players that were there were very loyal to him. That's right. And so when you take over a job with pre-existing players and, as you said, big personalities, what I didn't do is I didn't spend enough time. I didn't have the the sense or whatever it might be to spend time with those four or five guys that arguably were just committed to Lovey's style of coaching. And if I, you know, it's easy to look back, but we all make mistakes. We want to grow. Yes, yes. And that's why I'm having, I'm, I want to be open with, because I think there's a lesson to be learned when you move into a leader position with pre-existing people, my thought is never just to bring in new people. Right. My my thought is I want there to be time for transformation. Right. I don't think I spent enough time with those people. Right. Where Elshon got it, mm-hmm. Kyle got it, mm-hmm. Matt got it, you got it. You know, I spent a lot of time at Martellus's house because he was a huge right. So that that's right. just kind of I want to close on it, but but that's how I feel people, you know, that's what I learned more importantly right. that. And then, and then by the time I got to it, you know, you know, we were, things went south. Right. So, right. Right. That's really good. I mean, I think I'm in that. I don't think you ever stop growing and learning as a leader. I mean, you, you gotta always stay on top of it. You always gotta be connected with your people and your audience or whatever space you're in. And you, right. you, that's it. you gotta be intentional every single day. It's like I'm in it right now. And I make I make mistakes a lot, and I run around some amazing leaders. Some people that did it really well and learned a lot from. Them. Some people did it extremely poorly, and I learned a lot. I, from I mean, we're all as leaders. We're always learning. I, right. I, I always try to. At the end of the day, when I turn the light off, I just apologize to myself right. and say I did the best I could. Right. But you know, going back to those those guys, the other side of leadership is you got to know when to cut the cut the ropes, Here you, go. you know, and I think that as I look back, was there a time where I could have said, you know, we have to move on. We gave right. them a chance and I'm the eternal optimist at times. And mm-hmm. although I've never had a hard time making the tough decisions, which I think in a leadership position, as you know, right. we have to make, um, you know, I didn't do it at that time. I did life lessons. That's so right. let me flip the switch. Okay. I go to practice one day and, uh, <laughs> You know, we, we, there's a reason why we, we practice, you do it in your business. Why do we dress a certain way? 
And one of my players showed up in tights. What? Look, yeah, he showed up in tights. He looked like he was ready to run a 100-yard dash. Just tights? Just tights. No jersey. And just, a, I remember, like, was we were indoors, blue tights, and... Uh, Unbelievable. So, can you can you talk about that? You were there that day, right? What? Well, I don't, I don't recall a player just throwing up in tights because that was against the rules. Well, we had, we had a dress code and you had to have right, shorts. Right. So, you know, I believe that you're not just Gen Z or, mm-hmm. or, or you know, uh, millennials, you're Generation Y, WHY. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the reason why we dress, because we practice like it's a game. Right. So we need to dress like we're going to, it's a dress rehearsal for the game. Right. And so you showed up in tights. It was me? Yes. <laughs> Knowing that it was against the rules, right? So you know, we went through that. There that was, was a bad. drama that day, right? It was like, a lot of drama. and and you tested me that day. You you probably didn't think you were, but no, I had, I had I had sixty other guys dressed exactly right, and you showed up. Can you take me through that? Because I think that goes to who you were then and who you are now, and how we worked through it. Do you remember? Well, that? first, I'm still that guy. Okay. I'm still at first. Let me say this. I apologize. There's the next day. Yeah, but that was like, I still didn't understand. I I still didn't understand the magnitude of what I was doing and how that was affecting our team and also cutting your legs from underneath you, right? Um, so I apologize. And the reason why I apologize is because Right now, I have a Brandon Marshall on my team. And I always tell this guy, so you're a receiver, you're a diva, <laughs> and you're Brandon Marshall, you're T.O., you're all these guys, all right? I'm going to give you a little space. And it's really around dress code. Let me have a uniform, right? A lot of cameras on this house of athlete there. But you want to do this, what do that? It's like, I get it. Trust me, I get it. I was that guy. Still am that guy. But you got to understand the why behind it. And so for me, um, (laughs) first off, I come there and I'm just, so I I wake up that day and I'm just like, (sighs) so tired. I want to dress this way. I want to swagger. Like, I want to dress this way. I want to, like, it's important to me to do things my way. I don't get it. But to your point, why? Like, I don't get why I have to wear shorts. with. I don't get it. This is how I did things before. It was never a problem. I don't understand it. And for what? For a long time, I followed the rules. There's one day I wake up and I'm just like, man, forget this. A lot going on. Right. And I come out there and I remember you're like, Brandon, you got to check. I don't even think you came to me. Everybody's like, what are you doing? You well, I just felt, and maybe you can help me with this, is I didn't feel a confrontation was the way to go about doing it. Right. I thought we could, you know, T-Med, which is, was our trainer, I mean, our equipment guy, he had a relationship right. with him. And he was really responsible, just like the officials are before a game, That's right. for making sure everybody was game ready. That's right. right? And, and and you, you turned the corner and you went. You, you found a way to go back in. No, you? I did not. No, that's oh, you not didn't? True. That's Is not it? true. Okay. So so I come out there and um, I'm a distraction. I'm being disruptive. I'm being <laughs> a, t- a terrible team day. Terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. And uh, everybody's just looking at me. And I'm like, no, I'm dug in. I'm wearing my tights. T-Mag comes to me. Um, our offensive line coach comes to me. Uh, coach 
Cromer. Coach Cromer comes to me, Brandon, what are you doing? Probably mad and Roberto Garza comes yeah. up to me like, what are you doing? No, I'm wearing my tights. You're not practicing. You need to go in and change. And I probably stood there for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. being disruptive and being a distraction, mm-hmm. not knowing what I was doing, right? Like, I knew I was like, it was a disruption, but I didn't understand how that could impact our team mm-hmm. that week, that game for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. right? And so that's one of those moments that I would love to have back. You know, that's because, you know, now I'm in this position and it happens to me and I'm like, oh my goodness. Is that mental, is that borderline personality? Was that a a feature of borderline? Like you've talked about mental illness and right. you talk about borderline. So maybe you can just spend a minute. What is borderline? I think personality? it's, so borderline personality disorder is an emotional disorder. Okay. And the best way it can, the, the best way to describe that is being able to self-regulate your emotions. We all may feel the way we may, like the, the way we feel mm-hmm. may be valid, but do you have the skills and tools to be able to get yourself back down the baseline? Mm-hmm. There was other there was other guys out there that wanted to wear tights, sure. that did it a certain way before, that wanted to wear certain colors, cleats, and, and but they were able to work through that, mm-hmm. to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. I don't like this, but I know these are the rules. I need to do that, right? So I think it's a uh, it was a mixture of both. It was how I'm wired a little bit. That's why I say I'm that guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's this individual, but within a team and understanding how to do both, mm-hmm. like to be an individual within a team right. setting. Right. That was tough for me, right? And that was the day I chose, like, no, I'm going to be an individual, mm-hmm. right? So I think that, you know, there's there there's just just my makeup and who I am, but then there's the other side of just being able to be able being able to control the situation, make the situation better, and that's where the borderline personality uh, disorder comes in. at, right, is in that moment seeing all eyes on me. We have fifty something guys out here, twenty coaches out here. We have staff. I know I'm not supposed to be wearing my tights, but I'm sitting here for twenty minutes. I mean, immediately. First of all, I should have never came out there with just tights. That's first. Second, okay, you did it. You're out there. Now a T-Mac came to you. Now a Kroger came to you. We're five minutes in this thing. Is it time to go back in? Right? But what I was doing, I was dug in. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to practice. And you're like, you're not going to practice like this. Right? And Did I say that to you? No, you didn't. But it pretty much that right. was it. Right. That was it. And I was like, well, I do you think I did the right thing by sending Team Matt over to you as opposed to walking up to you and confronting you? I think this is the tough thing about leadership is like you got so much, you know, so much, so much responsibility, so much you got to handle, right? Like we're talking about freaking shorts, something so petty. Like I need to be able to lean on T Mad. I need to be able to lean on first. I need to be able to lean on T Mad to handle this. This is why you're in place. This is your job. You are the uniform police, right? I need you to be able to do that. I need my guys to be able. When I set the standard, I need my guys to follow. Mm-hmm. These are the rules. Mm-hmm. Come up to me if you dislike them. Let's talk about. It. I'm open. Open door policy, right? So. No, it wasn't your responsibility because you already laid the rules out. But I think, you know, this is 
I think what you could have done differently, right? And, and this is a lesson for so many people is sometimes there's some unique cats out there, right? And like now I'm dealing with it right now. Sure. This dude is special, mm-hmm. right? And I'm having these same conversations. So how, when can I give a little bit? Should I give a little bit? Or when do I lay the hammer down? Mm-hmm. Maybe come up to me, Brandon, you are not practicing because you know the rules, all right? So if you want to go over there and pout, fine, but this thing is going to continue to move forward. And now that's a lesson not only for me, but that's a lesson for everybody watching. Did you practice that day? Do you remember? I think I ended up going, didn't I go? Oh yeah, I went in and take, put my shorts on. And you practice. That's what I'm saying. You're right, yes, I did. But, 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 but here's, I, I did, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that, um, you know, it's tough because I do it now. Like our team right now, everybody parks in the back. Mm-hmm. That is the rule. But coach, I put that rule in place six months ago. You know how I feel every every day. I, I pull up to our facility and I see my coaches parking in the front. That was for our members. It's for our athletes. I said that in the team meeting. It's so frustrating. And that's why I apologize. And that's why I say this is one of those moments I, I want to have back because I didn't know what I was doing then. Like I know like uh, yeah, Brandon, he might say something, do something, right? Like he's that's that's who Brandon is at that point in his life. You know, now being in your shoes, I'm like, holy crap, this is a lot, right? Because that's simple. Those are fundamentals. Right? Do you think do you think you can have I you use the term rules? I use the term standards because rules are do's and don'ts. And when you have do's and don'ts, now there's loopholes to do's and don'ts. And there's sanctions for do's and don'ts. And then you got to monitor the people because somebody's always trying to find the loophole of the do's and don'ts. And then you got to make new rules. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? But but standards says is is about who we are. It's it's a standard of excellence, right? Who we are is when we practice, we're going to practice like we play the game. So we're going to be dressed Mm. properly. You know, our standard, we don't have a rule to pick up garbage off the floor in the airplane. We have a standard because there's, there's immigrants coming on the charter at two o'clock in the morning. And why should they get on their hands and knees to pick up after multi-million dollar athlete and coaches? Right. And we're sending a message that we care about them and we respect them. Right, those are not rules. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be there with a, a pen and a, and a clipboard saying Brandon pick up right. because if you do that, you can't focus on the most important thing, and that's winning the game. Right, right, right. So you're creating an environment of standards so you can have an opportunity to win the game, and and you win as an extension of the standards. Right. That's right. That's right. So I just the language to me is important. It's a rule. I mean, we got a rule. These are our five rules. Well, now. Somebody's got to monitor it all the time. Right. A standard is how we behave. This is how we're going to do it. And you know what? We're going to respect our we're going to respect our our clients by giving them the closest parking places to the door. They shouldn't have to walk around the building. That's why we do it. That's right. You know. So and, and and did I make myself clear? Or whatever it is, right. you know. And and you go from there. We've been talking a long time. I think we're going to have to go two parts. We may have to do a series. We, 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 yeah. Absolutely, 100%, 100%. But I mean, you're always teaching, right? The so, in, 
you right. know, the language and rules. Yes. The standards. I love that. Yes. So let's close it down though a little bit here and finish with a couple of thoughts. Um, you would look around and I go, man, Brandon's really having some success. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, he's got, he's got this, am- for people that don't know, this amazing podcast. We've got nearly a million subscribers now in what, a year? Yeah. It's probably one of the most heartfelt podcasts I've ever heard. Guys, if, if people really want to know what's in the heart of professional athletes, you, I ran across Ocho Cinco wouldn't remember, but we tried to get him in Oakland when he was a, a premier player, you know, and you've got other people in there all the time. Really stuff that comes from the inside right, right. of what being a professional is all about. And it is so authentic and so real. You got this beautiful building. You're on national TV every week and have been for a while. I mean, some people would say, got a beautiful wife who's, who's your partner, leader, right? And beautiful family. I mean, a lot of people say there's a lot of success going on here. Right, right. Um, I don't want you to, I don't want you to define it now, but what's it going to look like in 10 years? Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that? Maybe it's too, too long. A, a yeah, no, I, no, I have. Okay. Um, I will say this, right? Being transparent, this is the hardest thing that I've ever had to do, that I've ever done in my life, right? And that's lead. And that's every single day being consistent, everything that we talked about. So we are having a, having a lot of success and we will hit our goals. But, I mean, it's, it's amazing to talk about those red tights because, you know, that's the stuff, that's the hard part, you know, and how do you manage that? How do you, you know, when I walk in here and I'm like, man, I, I, I talked about this six months ago. We talk about this every week. But why, why are we still on this? So it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's tough for me right now because, you know, there's the amazing things that we're doing, but at the same time, you got to be consistent in your message. You got to be consistent in your behavior and what those standards are, being able to communicate what those standards are. So, you know, I want to be honest there, but I'm up for the challenge, you know, and I'm uh, always seeking, you know, new ways to do things or listening, um, you know, and just being open to, you know, people pouring into my life to say, Brandon, maybe you can try it this way. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why I'm confident that I won't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, is key. Yeah. You know, why listening to your, you know, one of your trainers tell you why he can't park in the back, but he's right. going to park in the front, you know, being able to understand where his thinking comes from. Yeah. You know, listening to that and getting advice. Yeah. He told me uh, his truck was too big. And I said, well, my truck is bigger than yours. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, 10 years from now, coach, you know, I truly see, you know, on the media side, creating, um, a extremely successful business around content and commerce, mm-hmm. a safe place for athletes, mm-hmm. you know, where we're creating these spaces where they can share their stories, they can create their own stories, right? And then on the brick and mortar side, creating a safe place for athletes where they can come in and get everything they need, right? And that's holistically, as mentally, as physically, as spiritually. So how's the athlete bringing in these athletes mm-hmm. and taking care of them? And that's not only pro athletes, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. You're an athlete in my mind if you just think that way, if you just want a routine, if you just want to be a little bit better mm-hmm. and healthier. Mm-hmm. So that's why I see it 10 years from a business standpoint, you know, I mean, dual approach, right? Like, I mean, to me, it's a family business, mm-hmm. you know, but there's going to be opportunities to potentially IPO. There's going to be opportunities 
where people may want to buy private, you know, um, a private company can come in and say, we want to buy this thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I already gotten those offers. Sure. Sure. So I think those opportunities were to come, but I'm more focused on, you know, how do I connect on the human level with each individual that's a part of our plan and our program. That's really your destiny. That's, that's success. And that's tough for me though, like if I'm being honest, because like when you sit down with these investors now, it's what's the exit plan, what's the exit plan. Mm-hmm. I didn't get in I didn't get in business for that. Like right. I believe if you do good, you get good. Mm-hmm. But I get in business to really impact people and help people transform the way they think and the way they live and the way they take care of themselves, the way they eat, the way they sleep. That's why I got in this business. Right? So Let's fin- I answer some of these questions. Just finish the, the line. If I wouldn't have been a pro football player, what would I have done at 25? Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Any any area? I didn't know at 25 what my purpose was then. So I knew it would have been in business. I was cutting grass. I was selling candy, car washing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it would have been definitely entrepreneur. Uh, give that 15-year-old who's just starting ninth grade um, some advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the times that you were getting your, your getting ready to go to college and you had to set your calendar and things like that, your academic calendar, give them some advice on things you've learned. Yeah. Tidbits, so to speak. What you do today is going to affect how people view you tomorrow, right? And what happens tomorrow. So be intentional on everything you say, everything you do, you will make mistakes. But understand that character is important. Um, it's February 2022. Who's in the Super Bowl? Oh, February 2022. Who's in the Super Bowl? I hate to do this. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. We've been talking about this team for years. Oh, it's America's team. They're going to be great. Something special is happening in Dallas. Well, Dan Quinn's helping. That My defense. Dan Quinn is helping. And they got a, they got a tremendous quarterback. How, how do you go from a... T- yeah historically bad defense last year and all of a sudden Dan Quinn comes in and I mean that's what I mean it's easy to talk about the deep on the offense Dak Prescott comes back recovering from you know this fracture mm-hmm. before he got hurt week six of last year they were averaging 400 you would love that 498 yards of offense yeah. so they just picked up where he left off right defensively they're turning the ball over they're getting to the quarterback <laughs> They got guys flying around. You didn't see that. So that's why I'm saying there's something special happening in Dallas. And it starts on that defensive side, which is unexpected because, of, you know, right. last year. They're just not going to play the schedule that some of those teams out west have to play every week. That's right. You know, they they will they have the backbone to be able to handle it at the end. But I, I, like, right. I like that team. And a couple weeks ago, they got the running game going, yeah. too, a little bit. They can run it. They can throw it. It's special. All right, AFC. I mean, they still have you have Green yeah. Bay last yeah. dance with yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and you have you know uh, Tampa. They'll be there. It's going to be interesting. AFC. I mean, coming into this year, I would have said Kansas City easily. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, but man, Patrick Mahomes is special. And coach, this is a tough one. I, I I'll go with. I'll go with. I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Kansas City. I think. I mean, they're okay. going to figure it out. Okay. I can't see, but there's some cheats in the armor. Yeah, there are the armor this year. There are. Yeah. Let's. Uh, let me close with this, Brandon Marshall. I love you, <laughs> and I respect you, yeah. and uh, I wish you nothing but the best. 
I love you and I respect you. Thank you, coach. <laughs> Thanks go out to our executive producer, Greg Levy, Associate Dean and Director of the Entertainment, Arts and Sports Law Program at the University of Miami School of Law. Wanna also thank our engineer and editor, Christopher Elzadi, our theme music from Calyptra, and special acknowledgement to our research assistant, Nick Rossi, a fellow attorney and student who's done a great job in our preparation. <laughs>